Welcome to the Why Not Podcast with me, Chrissy Hawkins. In a world where everybody asks you why, I'm here to ask why not. So sit back and relax or walk and listen and join me on this journey as we try to answer this never-ending question. What makes people say why not? Hi guys, welcome back to Why Not. So just first off, I just want to put a little trigger warning on the start of this episode. We are going to talk a little bit about self-harm, particularly in teenagers. And it's a little bit of a tough subject, I know, but we do expand that self-harm is many different things and it's important to notice it in your teenagers and how you can work with your teenagers to help with these issues and Yeah, it's a really, really interesting episode, so I hope you enjoy. Hi guys, welcome back to Why Not? So today I'm joined by Rach Fidili. She is a teen whisperer and connection coach. So first off, I want to say welcome to the podcast, Rach. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. And how are you? Yes, very good. Rach, can you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do? So I'm Rach obviously Rach Friedley, um, the Connection Coach, Team Whisperer, and I support mums and teen girls um, that are displaying kind of self-harming behaviours, so whether that is, that's any behaviour against yourself, so whether that's through online support groups, whether that's through one-to-one. Um, I've also got two podcasts as well, so I've got Be Yourself Just for Teens, or just for teen girls, obviously, is the teen girls ones, like to say the obvious. And the other one is Teen Whisperer. So it's a podcast for mums of teen girls. Brilliant. So, yeah. how did you come to where you are now with this kind of idea? Mm, I came to this idea with, um, I've always been passionate about working with teenagers ever since I worked as a play specialist in hospitals with sick kids and involving them in therapeutic play because I always recognized that they had. A massive need but nobody was addressing it so I made that kind of my passion whilst I was working there and then I'm a mum of a teen girl as well she's 18 at the minute and I saw the hell that she went through during Covid and how she was disconnected from herself disconnected from those people around her and the behaviours she was displaying so that's where my passion lies and then also I suppose for me for the teen girl side of it is also um as a teenager myself, I struggled with feeling very disconnected from people and not having my needs met, which unfortunately resulted in me being abused. So that is a big part of why, my why. So I want to give teen girls a voice to say no or any other words they want to use. And yeah, so yeah, that's why I do what I do, really. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because it is... I suppose the demographic in a way that's that's forgotten about like you hear about stuff for children you hear about stuff for adults but you never really hear and they're in a way I suppose the most tumultuous years of your life yeah can be. yeah and actually a teen girl needs you more junior junior during her teenage years than she does at any other time except for being a newborn and yeah that is not talked about at all and was the so was the self harm kind of thing? Was that something that came recently, or is that something that you've had like all along, or is it say a theme that you found with your first clients that was coming up quite a bit? It's something that's kind of I've only just niched into it, to put it politely. 
Um, but it's always been there as something that's, I knew there was something else. I knew it doesn't just, wasn't just mums of teen girls and those teen girls. So the teen girls I've been working with, I mean, okay, I'm working with two at the minute voluntarily, um, supporting them via Messenger or Instagram. Um, but they are showing self-harming behaviours. Uh, other girls in the past have also shown them, but not, as I say, not the traditional self-harming, so not the cutting, but just any behaviours that are affecting them as a person. Hey, did Do you find that there is a bit of a misconception when you mention that? Because I suppose it's kind of thought of as a taboo subject still, I think. Yeah, exactly. No one wants to talk about it, but there's a hell of a lot teen girls are displaying these behaviours and there's no help out there whatsoever. Why do you think that is? Because people don't want to talk about it. I think that's literally what it is. They don't want to admit it. it as you say, it's taboo. Um, they don't want to, I don't know, just don't want to be connected with it because it sounds so dirty, the right word. I don't know. So wrong. And why is a teen girl showing those types of behaviours? But it's because she's got a need. And that needs not being met at the end of the day. And that's the only way that she can show it. Yeah, no, I understand. Is is I suppose is this something do you think do you think is more prevalent in teen girls or so it's kind of with teens across the board? Be truthful, I don't know about boys. Because <laughs> my mum of a teenage girl. Um and her friends are obviously well not obviously, but they're teen teenage girls. Um I think it's more prevalent in teen, teenage girls. Because, um, but um, because I'm just thinking because boys can be more aggressive, so they can get out on the football pitch, rugby pitch, whatever, and they can be boisterous with one another. Girls, again, it's taboo. It's not considered the in thing for them to be able to go out and get rid of that aggression. They tend to keep it inside, and also because of the teenage girl's brain. Um, they react to stress completely different. That's interesting. So I think that's a big part of it. And do you mind explaining actually how that is a different? <laughs> the teen girl's brain is different because instead of talking about it or um, not necessarily the boys do either, they just react to stress completely different. They tend to take it on board. Whilst boys tend to vent and offload, girls tend to take it internally and think it's their fault. There's something wrong with them rather than expressing it outwards. And that's then when the self-harm behaviours appear because they haven't been given an outlet for them to express what's going on for them. So take us back to covid you said you noticed a lot of things. I suppose you were living through it as well. What was it like having a teenager in that time? Because again, I feel like COVID was one of those things where it was, they were probably the most affected age group. Yeah, we just moved to a new area, so that didn't help. Um, we were just about to get help as well. Um, so my daughter's got chronic fatigue. Um, she's not at school or she wasn't at school at the time we're normally home educated but we were 
just about to access help for her. And that all got pulled back because we were due to meet on that day that the first lockdown started. So that didn't happen. Um, and then everything was pulled back. So there was no home educating staff. There was nothing going on, no meets, obviously, with everyone else, nothing happening. But of course, there's nothing online either, but not that's how she learns anyway. So we just found her becoming more and more, best, best way to put it, it's a pressure cooker. <laughs> and she would, wouldn't be able to voice it, wouldn't be able to vocalise it because they're just not brought up or introduced to what your emotions and your feelings actually mean and that they're not taboo and we can actually open up about them. And then she was just imploding. So that's my way of putting kind of those self-harming behaviors. So stop going out of bed, stop washing, stopped um, looking after herself, losing all interest in everything. And it was that and recognizing that their friends were very similar as well, that she was meeting online. That's just like, I need to do something about it. Can't remember if that actually answered your question because I think I've gone off a tangent. <laughs> and how were you able to make, bring her out of that so literally I just did lots and lots of research this is how this is what got me into it in the first place loads of research loads of reading um various people in the field I mean I could give you a massive long list of people in the kind of conscious and attachment parenting fields and I was just like I need to take control of this so I need to focus on my care first so the more she saw that I was looking after myself then she was able to mirror those behaviors for herself and recognize that actually getting out of bed and having some um, fresh air and getting out in nature and walking or cycling or whatever is great for your mental health and well-being so that's where it all started from and then we started more and more connecting the more I learned the more I turned our relationship around because it was very volatile and it was very violent towards me and aggressive. Was there a lot of pushback from her when you were trying to approach these things and change things for her? Or... Initially, yes, but mainly it was because of me. <laughs> so I was trying to do the stuff for me rather than trying to fix her behaviours. So, But the more that she saw that I was looking after myself, the more she was then able to look after herself. And then we do things in partnership because that was a big thing as well. It's no longer me as the kind of adult and her as a child. We were on a level playing field. And did that change things a lot with your relationship then? Yeah, massively, massively. It's, it's no longer about control and fixing and discipline and uh, punishments. It's about literally listening, <laughs> actively listening to what she's saying, reflecting it back to her making sure I've understood it so then we can make a plan together which is uh, massive yeah I I actually thinking back to my own teenage years all those years ago um <laughs> do you find mothers you work with struggle with that yes massively massively because I was one of those mums who had no time for herself so I would leave my self-care to the end of the day and obviously then be too exhausted to do anything about it. So I didn't do anything. But now I'm making sure that I do stuff for me at the beginning of every day. So whether that's a bit of meditation, whether that's out walking the dog, whether it's taking some time for myself and just connecting to how I'm feeling and breathing it through my body. 
these things are all simple they don't have to be expensive yeah I think that's uh, one of the I suppose misconceptions about self-care isn't it It doesn't have to be a spa day it can be taking some time for yourself yeah sitting on a bench outside your back door having a cup of tea and in the rain in the rain (laughs) well we're not really in the best climate for uh sunshine and tea no not really no (laughs) do you find a lot of mums struggle to make that time for themselves yes 100 percent. they think their priority is to their daughters first and foremost but it is but the other way around because the more she sees you doing for yourself and the nicer you are to yourself and your body the more she will be for herself they learn by what they see, not by what they hear. That's true. What What do you? Why do you think they struggle with that? Like putting them putting any time into themselves. Uh, societal and cultural expectations. Self care is selfish. Is one of them. Um, you always put everyone else's needs above your own. It's another one. And uh, you are not important. You're just a mum. Another one. <laughs> I can go down the list, really. Yeah, no, no. Uh, the reason I'm asking is because obviously I'm not a mother, but I like to hear from mothers what their experience. Then obviously, if I've got people who are mothers themselves listening to the podcast, it's good to have a mum telling them that like they have felt that way as well. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to be that mum who would leave my face to the end of the day. I'll be totally exhausted, running on empty, and just wondering what the hell was going on. And it took this massive kind of light light bulb moment to realise that actually if I don't look after myself, who the hell's going to look after everyone else? Or look after my daughter. It's like what they say on the plane. Yeah. Locks your mask on first. (laughs) And yet so many people refuse to do that. Mm, Exactly. So it's interesting saying that because I suppose it took your daughter, like not even yourself, to make you realize you needed to look after yourself no you saw her struggling and you actually were like oh actually hold on I need to look after myself I would say listen to my podcast first (laughs) and then come and speak to me (laughs) (laughs) or connect with me on wherever on social media whatever and when you're saying you know making the time for themselves and stuff like that do you find that many of them at the start are saying, I just don't have the time for myself? Yeah. So my suggestion on that one is add it into something you're already doing. So if you're boiling the kettle, do five minute meditation. If your kettle takes as long as mine does, which it does forever. Mm-hmm. Um, nice short meditation, do some stretching or get outside when the washing machine's on or <laughs> whatever, you're, if, you're, if you're driving in the car before an appointment try and get there I don't know 15 20 minutes beforehand and have some time for yourself then your daughter's at a, an after school club or something instead of playing on your phone or scrolling through social media um do some meditation there. do some breathing breath works great so meditation doesn't have to be the om and it doesn't have to be listening to music you can literally do it in silence and it's just a simple breath work just connecting into how you're feeling in your body and then breathing into your heart and feeling that feeling and that sensation and then allowing you to calm yourself 
Yeah, I love that. It's about making it simple. It's about making it easy. Otherwise, people aren't going to do it. Yeah. And I, I like the way that you're showing all these kind of small things you can do for yourself like that, making it easy because... As I said, you know, before earlier, it's like it doesn't have to be a spa day, and it's very easy to be like, Oh, I don't have the money for that, or I don't have the yeah. time to do that. But you can yeah. find 15 minutes off your phone in the day, yeah, exactly. Or even if you're reading a book, a nice, easy fiction book that you can pick up and put down, that's great as well. Do you think? social media is affecting mums as well because we all we all know the effect it's have on teens and do you think it's yeah yeah there is actually a research document i'm just trying to think who wrote it female lead i think wrote it which does say that social media is definitely affecting teen girls and women adversely yeah because people are preferring to just pick up their phone or whatever their tech and just literally sit there scrolling 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 for hours i get bored too easily so I'm off it like a shot. <laughs> I'm the opposite. About five minutes, I'm gone. <laughs> I have, because there's so many different things, I can flick into something and move over to something else and move over to something else. Just constant yeah. things. But, uh, <laughs> you have to be careful though with your feed as well. So Yeah, exactly. Because you can easily get loads of shit you don't want on there. Hmm. Absolutely. And especially if you're a mom just trying to do everything and then if you're following all these mom fluencers. Yeah, yeah. Then you can just feel a failure. Just yeah. feel useless. Feel like, what am I doing this about? What is going on? And then, of course, your teen girl is going to spot you doing that and think it's okay for her to do it as well. Very true. What is your opinion on mom influencers or family social media accounts when you're thinking when you're saying family social media is that literally what like <laughs> you know the like the family blogs and stuff like that but where are things hunky-dory and wonderful all the time yeah they're not real <laughs> they're <laughs> fake everybody has their ups and downs I absolutely agree um I do think there has been a thing for social media to, for people to show the more, you know, real sides of life as well. Yeah. Um, but I think one thing I always have to remember is they, they'll only show you what they want to show you. Yeah, exactly. We've got no control over social media. Yeah. So if you could change one thing now as well about, like, the environment for say teen girls growing up now that could be social media could be school that could be how anything's done everything is done what would it be yeah yeah that's a really weird way around of it but yeah yeah and that's kind of how I connect with a lot of moms but they want to fix their daughter's behaviors first before they start on themselves but actually it's the other way around yeah. did you find they um there's pushback from them then because they're like no 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 it's not me it's not me it's a problem it's her yeah it's my teen daughter who's got the behavior problem sort her out not me and I'm like no it's you who needs the work <laughs> yes I work with the teen daughters or the teen girls separately in support groups but the majority of the work is for the mums and how how do they find that when you say that 
Hmm. I have the people that kind of go, no, 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 that's not for me. I don't do that. No, it's all about all about everyone else. But those aren't the people that are going to come to me to work with me. But the mums that have come to me and obviously have worked with me um, have had massive change arounds of how they feel about themselves, how they feel about their daughters, how their daughters are behaving, how their daughters are coping. And they've got that connection and it's just so strong now just by looking after themselves first. Amazing. <laughs> so it's insane, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's mad to think like that all you need for the relationship is like to help obviously look after yourself, you know? Yeah. So by understanding what's going on for you and understanding what, so when your daughter's kicking off, what's triggering in you about that behavior, because it's something to do with what you're remembering or an emotional memory or generational trauma or behavior patterns that you've taken on board. And by understanding that through you, then it becomes easier to manage her. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is there any kind of techniques you find works with these women or does it like obviously just case by case basis but is there something you see that comes up a lot that actually helps them really well yeah when your twin daughter is kicking off try not to get involved it's not about you they're not kicking off at you they're kicking off at the situation something is telling them that they're not safe and they're telling you that by kicking off at you um so yeah don't take it personally is number one another one is pause breathe and connect to how their behavior is making you feel that takes them out of the situation and then find yourself a safe space a safe place if your daughter is really kicking off then that's your safe space and retreat to it because <laughs> uh, there can be some serious kickoffs yeah oh yeah there can be <laughs> you've gone through them that. i've been the daughter <laughs> in that situation yeah and when you're working with with these like would you have sessions where you're having the daughter and the mother together or do you keep them completely separate and leave them to kind of work with themselves so the program that i do for that is a one to two so i work with mums and teen daughters but the sessions are separate until the very last session where they come together but I have a, a questionnaire for the mums and a questionnaire for daughters to find out what it is about the other one that's concerning them and then we work on that within the sessions that's a three-month program and then as I say at the end they come together and the change you can just see it throughout the three months of them working separately on their issues and then coming back to me every time and going, well, I did this with my mum that day. Oh, I did this with my daughter and never thought that, never thought I could do that a few months back. Um, and then when they're together, it's just like the both of them are just on that camera going, oh, I want to talk, I want to talk. So it's great. <laughs> I said that's like really great to watch or get to see. Yeah. And when the daughters are doing sessions at you, do they... are they open with you or do they feel like they're being dragged in by their mother or... Normally, um, it's because that's what they wanted. Okay. So if they're dragged in by the mum, it's not going to work mm -hmm. because they're going to be totally disinterested and not wanting to engage. So it has to work for both of them. Yeah. And if after like the first session, then I then find out that the daughter's not interested, I'll stop 
and I'll just make it a one-to-one for mum. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I was thinking about that, like, you know, with the connection kind of going, so they do want to be, they want to get close to their mum again. They want to fix that relationship. But it's something you don't really think of with teens. Mm. Exactly. You're just kind of just told to just grin and bear it and pull your hair out the whole way through. (laughs) (laughs) Hormones. That's how we deal with it. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That is the one and only thing everybody says. It's hormones. It's not just hormones. (laughs) Hormones have actually got quite a small part to play within within everything, but yeah. And when you started talking about doing this, how did the people around you react? What did they think about it? What, around me, as in my family? Yeah, family, friends, other, like, maybe friends that are parents and stuff like that, because if you're not ready to deal with those kind of things, it can almost be like you're attacking on how they parent. So I'm just wondering where any of them kind of go, why would you need to do that? That's just teenagers or, you know, will you getting any reactions like that? I think I was initially. And then I just kind of go, that's your perception. That's fine by me. Yeah. <laughs> They're not my ideal clients. So that's fine. Yeah. It's just that easy, really, I suppose. But I suppose at the time, that's me now. But at the time, I suppose I was a bit more kind of like, oh, come on. Can't you just see by doing more stuff for yourself than you can help? But they're just not ready for it. I can only work with those people that are ready. Mm. And have and have any of them changed their perception of it and like spoken to you about it since or mm. no. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting because no, no. I as I said, like I do, it's like obviously they're not ready and stuff like that. But I just say uh, I do find it interesting. You know, so sometimes people can feel like that's almost an attack on them, you know, mm. because they're not ready to deal with something different. Now I've got a friend who's just like constantly, well, puts herself at the bottom, constantly telling me she's tired, tired all the time. Oh, I must go to the doctor. I'm tired all the time. And I'm like, I know exactly why you're tired, but I know you're not ready to hear this. So I just keep quiet. Mm. It's almost like a badge of honour, though, sometimes, isn't it? Mm, yeah, exactly. It's a status symbol. Yeah. It shows easier. how much you're doing. Yeah. And it's easier to say else. that and have everyone go, oh, yeah, God love you, instead of actually yeah, yeah, exactly. change. Yeah, exactly. Or take something to, to fix it, because that will be better. Have you seen, actually, have you seen more of a growth in this area and interest in looking into teens and behavior and the relationship with their parents or is it still something that you find very very like underlooked at very underlooked at yeah I mean I was having a conversation with a friend who's a GP the other day and saying what I was going to be doing and um, she was like oh my god that's a massive area you really need to or that'd be great if you could work in that area but then kind of like when I was kind of trying to explain what I do, it was just a bit like, not so sure about that. You could just feel the kind of like, mm, is that right? But so I think I just need to keep banging my drum. <laughs> getting it not, out there. The thing with that as well is if you're not getting reactions like that, you know, if you want to change things and change how things work, you need more. You want to be getting reactions like that because people don't think it can change. Mm, exactly. So yeah. it shows that you're actually in something that's 
really necessary because people are going mm. yeah it's big and it's scary and you're taking on something yeah most and trying to do it differently yeah from the norm or instead of well there isn't really anything from the norm um of waiting until they're literally right at crisis point i'm going to stop behaviors now before they really set in um what was kind of I suppose would you say with your daughter was that like your biggest success story or have you seen even uh like with your other clients have you seen some like what would be the biggest change you've noticed without like going into too much detail obviously being able to connect to themselves and connect to how they're feeling so yeah possibly my daughter is my biggest kind of success um without forcing it down her throat because <laughs> I don't um yeah, she can now literally come up to me and go, I said, how's that feeling? How's that making you feel? Oh, well, it's making me feel like this or it's making me feel like that. But actually I can deal with it. She's more aware of how her health is affecting her. So beforehand, she was always trying to push through her chronic fatigue and keep going and keep going and keep going as society keeps telling you and culture and everything else. And um, now she actually goes, actually, do you know what? I can't do it. I haven't got the energy. And that's massive for her to be able to say it's also soul destroying as a parent to see your daughter unable to get out of bed in the morning. But it is, yeah, it's huge. And then, as I say, the other clients I've worked with and the change that they've had for themselves as mums, I mean, the support groups for the teen girls is new. So it's not out there yet. Hasn't started, let's put it like that. Um, but the stuff for mums, yeah, the change in them for people that wouldn't look after themselves and are now taking care of themselves. It's just massive. What would be your biggest kind of advice to anyone in that situation? What, of not having time to themselves or... Or just like struggling, even if it is, like say for instance, I mean, struggling like having relationships with your daughter or... Yeah, understanding the female brain. Understanding it is different. We have a 28-day cycle. We do not have a one-day cycle. Men do. We don't. We have weeks where you've got more emotions or more, yeah, or more emotional. That's the word I wanted. We've got weeks where we've got less energy, but weeks where we've got, we're feeling on top of it, or weeks where we just feel like shade. And that's normal and it's natural. And it's just not talked about at all. So if a teen girl is kicking off or is upset or is crying, oh, it's just down to her hormones. I wish people would understand teen girls so much more than they don't right now. That's so true. As well. But the thing about it as well is that doesn't stop once you leave your teens. No, it doesn't. No. And actually, I was reading a friend's post on LinkedIn yesterday. And she was talking about not being diagnosed by endometriosis. Let's put it like that, shall we? <laughs> and um what she had to go through and it's still going on now oh, yeah and it just just really annoys me it makes me sick to the very core actually and angry that we still have to fight for our place in the world even now yeah no I, I agree with that um that's so many different 
vitals that we have to do but like even oh. say myself like I'm in my 30s now and I only really started researching the cycle during COVID and to go through like what was just 12 from 12 to like 30 yeah and it's crazy to think that like and that's the thing like you're saying I was saying like you know, with the teenage girls that doesn't end like you know with the the mothers they don't understand it often no. and they don't know why they're more like well, we know because you know, hormones. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yep. If you're if you're, if you're you know you're cranky or tired, is is it that time of the month? Yeah. And maybe 100%. it is. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So I think it's it's probably just important for them to learn. Yeah, it is about understanding about what's going on for them and their teen daughter. So as I say, that is absolutely everything. Because we're not told it. I mean, we're told all the scientific shite, like all the different phases of our menstrual cycle. But that doesn't mean anything to anyone. <laughs> it's what's actually happening for us. That's important. Yeah, 100%. Have, have you any advice for teen girls that are struggling right now? Find somebody you can talk to. And be open and honest with them. But obviously it's got to be it's got to be someone you feel safe with. That's probably the hardest part, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay, so I think that is pretty much everything I'm going to ask you today. But there is one other question I like to ask everyone at the end of every podcast. And this comes back to you, actually. And it is what is the best advice that you've ever had or been given? Oh, my goodie, yeah. And you can pick more than one because this is what the normal reaction I get when I say that question. <laughs> Be yourself. That's why my teens podcast is called Be Yourself. <laughs> Rather than trying to mask and pretend to be somebody you're not. Which is kind of what you do your whole teenage years. Yeah, exactly. And again, that's totally natural. It's not necessarily meaning that there has to be a label attached to them. It's it's just how it is. They mask to try to fit in. To be like everyone else. But it's never good enough. Yeah, I just... I know exactly what I mean. This is like taking me back. I'm like, I'm having like trauma flashbacks now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you don't want to go down there, do you? <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not ready to deal with it. <laughs> no, no, I'm not either. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's brilliant. I did like that as a really, it's a really good one to end on, especially talking to teens. And, you know, the, I think it's a perfect name for the podcast. But if anyone is looking to work with you, Rachel, where can they find you? Uh, my website is positivetouch.net. Uh, I'm on Instagram at teen.whisperer.nature. My podcasts are Teen Whisperer, which is on Spotify and Apple, which is the one for mums. And the teens one is Be Yourself, also on Apple and Spotify. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm on Facebook as well. <laughs> Under Positive Touch. Mm. <laughs> The 20th I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's where I am. Early. And as ever, guys, you can find me on TikTok, Strong in a Saddle. And 
Instagram. I have two Instagrams, but you mainly find me on at strong the saddle underscore. I'm also Chrissy H Fitness and my website is www.chrissyhawkins.com. So I want to say thanks again for joining us today, Rachel. It was really, really interesting. All right, no problem. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. First of many, I hope. I really do appreciate everybody who listens to this podcast. So if you please could help me with the algorithm and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And even, you know, if you want to reach out and suggest topics for me, I'd be delighted to hear from you. Drop me a DM on Instagram or TikTok. And thanks again for listening.